This is Corey Good Morning from Tattoo 408. Yeah, we came over here in a group, you know, and it was walking back when I kind of had the first idea of like, oh fuck, if they close, we could just walk right in there. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe make something happen, you know, that was mm -hmm. kind of the first idea. Hey, what's up everybody? Ethan Gregory Dodge here with episode 21 of Tattoo 408. It's the second half of my interview with Corey. Good morning. It's out a day late. I'm sorry, just like last week. My life's gotten a little busy. Um, I'm going to get back on track here. Don't worry, but uh, it's my podcast and I'm my own boss on this podcast. So there you go. Anyway, Corey's going to take us through the rest of his career from humble to metamorphic and opening up what is current tattooing. If you remember last week, I shared how current tattooing has many art shows. In fact, Corey is going to talk about that in this part of the interview. There's actually one this Friday, a photography show. I am partial to photography shows myself being a photographer. The show is called Visual Memoirs. It's Friday, December 22nd from 7 to 11 at Current. This would be a great show to go check out because the photography is undoubtedly going to be awesome. And secondly, it's a really great opportunity to check out Current Tattooing and get to know the artists and everything there. And then don't forget, in February, they're going to have their Lunar New Year show. So anyway, don't forget to tell your friends, tell your family, like, subscribe, all the cringy stuff that all the influencers say these days. I'm sorry I have to say it, but everyone is so awesome that listens to this podcast. I love it. For those of you that have sent me DMs for stickers, I will get them to you. I promise. And everybody have a happy holidays. It's the middle of the holiday season. That's part of the reason that I'm so busy, but I'm still getting this podcast out to you all because I love you. Have a happy holiday. Have a happy new year. I got some big plans coming into the new year. So I'm excited and I hope you're going to stick with me through all of it. All right. Here is the rest of my interview with Corey. Good morning. So DVD, you joined, let's see, DVD opened up in like, what? Like, oh, nine, 10? Sounds right. I feel like oh, nine's probably about right. And you were, and you joined shortly thereafter. Yeah. And uh, they're about a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. And then what happened? And then I, then that chapter closed, and I went to Metamorphic right here down the street. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people were at Metamorphic. Like yeah. Sphinx was there. Yeah. Jonah was there. Yep. You. Mm -hmm. Um. Corey Buck was there. Corey Bu Corey Buck. Ike. Ike. Uh, yeah. what's Mikey. The, the dude on. There's a picture of him on. The, oh, here's here's a bunch of folks. Yeah, all those guys. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Andy Johnson was the owner, and he had been an OG in tattooing and in town for quite a minute, you know, uh -huh. so I can remember going and buying tubes off Andy since I first got back to town and and having a really good rapport with him and, and Jason at conventions all the time. Mm -hmm. He was always kind of the convention mm -hmm. dude. I'd always see him there, those two. Jason, Sphinx, right? Sphinx yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. Andy, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, is uh, Andy still around? Yeah, I don't know if... I, uh, Jason was saying that he's starting to tattoo again, but I know he had taken a break after he sold the shop. Yeah. Yeah. What, and was Metamorphic, 
on the Alameda? It was on Bascom for a long time. Bascom. About like, at least 10 years. Uh-huh. And then they moved down there to the Alameda. Then the, were they the ones that were right next to the theater on the yeah. Alameda? Yeah. That's now Legacy Tattoo. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And were you there in that? In that no, you'd already opened Current by that time. When no, I went there. Oh, you were there? Yeah. Okay. That's how I found out about this building. Yeah. So, okay. So, metamorphic also seems like it keeps cut and like it keeps coming up in so many of my yeah it was so much a, of my research it was a journalism. staple of of san jose for so long yeah. andy was a driving force behind these one piece tubes that were like the best to tattoo with at the time you uh-huh. know because cleaning them was a breeze and uh-huh. just the ergonomics of the tube in general was mm-hmm. was something that wasn't around you know so yeah we would pay more to go get tubes from the dude you know yeah you know, they were just one piece machine, piece of metal instead of three piece tubes you had to take apart and clean, you know, mm-hmm. so you're just nice. Mm. You know? for, so I'm, well, I was going to say for the listeners, but I'll be 100% honest, I'm not super familiar with how a, a machine is constructed. What, what part is the tube? What is it? What the part that you serve? hold on to, the needle runs through it. Uh-huh. You know, Andy was a machine builder first. So, uh-huh. you know, he's always trying to problem solve and figure out solutions you know and uh he spent a lot of time with lyle tuttle and had a Mm. quite a few stories of him talking to him about machines was always fun to listen to yeah um but yeah i think it's just him trying to problem problem solve and engineer a way that would make us our job more comfortable yeah yeah and they were so good that you were buying them for oh yeah and they were you know three times the amount of a normal tube but it was well worth the cost you know because how long would a tube last? Well, those will last infinity because they're made out of stainless steel and, mm-hmm. you know, they'll last you for a really long, you will last your career. Yeah. For sure. Mm. Are you still tattooing with some of those tubes? It's all disposable now. Right, right. Yeah, and then it comes with the, with so, the needle at, at, as well, right? Or no? no? No, I buy a tube, a disposable tube, and a disposable needle. Got it. One Got goes it. in the trash, one goes in the sharps container. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what, yeah, what... How did metamorphic shape you? Like, how, what was your time there like? It's funny, the, even the word metamorphic, I feel like I metamorphosized there. <laughs> I feel like even with death before dishonor, I feel like it was kind of like my time to prove things to myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it was kind of the connotative words almost led me to the, the, the role I played at those shops even internally in my head almost, you know? Yeah. Even humble beginnings, you know? I came back to San Jose, I was like, oh, this is where I'm going to start. Yeah. I'm going to have a humble beginning. Yeah. Then I went to this death before dishonor trying to prove it to myself, right? Uh-huh. Then I went through this more metam- metamorphosis over there. Metamorph- I don't know. It's always yeah. tripped me out how yeah. the connotative value of a word could shape your journey. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why I chose the name Current is because I know that that had, you know, it has, you know, three different meanings. Right. Plus, you know, just a great connotation to the, to the word. So I feel like that probably why I chose that word is because I knew how strong that needed to be, the, the value of its connotative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how was metamorphic so meta- metamorphosizing? Um, well, you know, Andy had definitely had his own visions, and he was going through a lot in his life uh, personally. So I felt like, uh, you know, the attention the shop might have needed at the time wasn't being paid attention to 
you know, because mm -hmm. he had his own approach to doing things and it had worked for so long, you know, mm -hmm. can't argue with the man. So, mm -hmm. but we would try to bring it up and, and uh, try to make things, you know, better for everybody. And, you know, it just seemed like his focus was on a lot of other stuff. So I think that's um, what inclined me to go look for other opportunities, mm -hmm. you know. Well, how long were you there total at Metamorph? About a year and a half, also. Okay, and then so you were so it was, they were both short stints at DVD mm -hmm. and Metamorphic, mm -hmm. and then what led you? Yeah, what? Why? Why did you want to open your own shop? Um, I think uh, looking back, it was just being stared in the face of you know opportunity staring you in the face, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. everything kind of you know. You know, you can visualize something and if all the pieces are there, you can almost see how it's going to work, you know? So yeah, I had lived right behind here at the time. Mm -hmm. So I would ride my skateboard to Metamorphic every day. Mm -hmm. and I'd pass this tattoo shop. Was it a tattoo shop before Kermit? Yeah, it was, it was Pierce Inc. Mm -hmm. okay. For like seven years okay. here. Yeah. So it was a tattoo shop a long time before, before we came. But um, we kind of... I kind of slowly watched them close down, and then they had a sale here. Uh, They're getting rid of all their stuff. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. a bunch of us came from Metamorphic, like five of us came from Metamorphic. We all walked over here, and then, you know, started picking and pulling that stuff they are selling, you know what I mean? Kind of garage mm -hmm. sale style back here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then uh, nothing too tattoo related, you know? Just random junk and partitions and chairs and... Mm -hmm. But... um. Yeah, we came over here in a group, you know, and it was walking back when I kind of had the first idea of like, oh, fuck, if they close, we could just walk right in there, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe make something happen. You know, that was mm -hmm. kind of the first idea. But then they closed and, you know, a month or so went, went by and I would always look in there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it was just a regular for rent sign on the window. So that was real encouraging. I was like, oh, man, maybe it's just somebody that's cool, you know? Yeah. Not like a property management company. Mm hmm So I ended up calling, and the dude was cool. And then I ended up meeting him. Uh-huh. And then uh, I was trying to have one of my friends that did construction meet me here when I met him. Mm hmm But he didn't make it here on time. And I had left, and my friend Dave had stopped by, and he's like, oh, I, I missed the meeting. And he explained and let him back in. And then uh, when I called the dude back, he's like, oh, yeah, your construction guy came and took some measurements and this and that. And, mm -hmm. and I guess uh, that really impressed him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he's, he's like, I'm going to give you a shot. Yeah. Did and yeah, I didn't have any money. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. wanted to investigate the situation. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I reached out and got a loan real quick mm -hmm. and made it happen. But scraping and stacking and make it happen, you know, and you ask the right people for enough money, you can make your dreams come true, you know? Yeah. What year was that? In 2011. 2011. Yeah, so it was just opportunity, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, I got... I got a good hand in poker and I had to go all in, you know, only, it only made sense mm -hmm. kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm. so I did. Mm -hmm. So in 2011 we opened and uh, 
I think I took five people with me. It's pretty much a mutiny. From from metamorphic. Yeah. 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 Did that cause a wedge between you and Andy at all? Absolutely. Or? Yeah. Absolutely. But we were always cordial about it, mm -hmm. you know, because you know as soon as I I told them, you know, first thing he did was. You know, wanted to make sure who was staying, who left, and we sorted it all out. And you know, it ended up being not as messy as I I anticipated. Uh huh. You know what I mean? We were always able to stay cordial. Yeah. You know? And I'm able to talk to Andy to this day. You know. Mm hmm. So I mean, in, in hindsight, I think it all worked out. Yeah. Um, do you still have the same landlord? Um, it's, he has passed away, so I have, uh, I do deal with the property management now, but his, I deal directly with his daughter, mm. so it's nice to still deal with the family that owns the building. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's nice. And they care, so it's, it's cool, you know, they, they kind of are the reason why I was able to make it through the pandemic, is because they were able to kind of, hey, try for this grant, try for this, try for that. Uh-huh. Here's the paperwork you'll need. You know, they really kind of—I don't want to say held my hand, but they definitely guided me right. in in making sure they got paid because right. it was in their best interest, right? right? So, right. so they definitely uh, definitely helped me make the right decisions to keep the doors open and not have to pay anything mm -hmm. or owe anything. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're good people, and I'm 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 lucky to uh, to be to be here. I feel like, and uh, yeah, I'm grateful. That's, that they're cool. Yeah, that's super dope. Yeah. So who who all came over with you from Metamorphic? Mm, let's see. Jason, Ike, Corey Buck, and then Mikey, David Knapp, and then and then me. So there's you know, six of us to start. Mm -hmm. Um. And then uh. How, yeah, like. Did you all have enough of a clientele that they just all started coming over here? And then, or what was the, what were the early days like in terms of clients? Yeah, that's, I think that was what uh, helped that we hit the ground running. There wasn't a day that I didn't have keys, I didn't tattoo in here. Really? So it's not like we, you know, because we tattooed in the back while we were building the front. And then when the front was done, we tattooed up there while we were making mm -hmm. things, you know, so it's kind of. Yeah. And everybody pretty much had their clientele already built in, so it was, um, there was no, you know, just a little hiccup in appointments or whatever, but the transition was pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. The, um, when did, how long did the construction take between going from the front and the back? Well, you know, it's, it took quite a while, it probably five or seven years. Yeah. You know, wow. it took quite a while. You know, I kind of let the shop happen organically and grow into what it is, mm -hmm. you know? I, I feel like I had a vision, but this is nothing what it looked like. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. I, I, uh, I think, um, you know, you need other people to make a vision come true. And sometimes if that vision has to change to get the help, uh, you gotta kind of be willing. Mm -hmm. So I'm, that's probably the thing I coaxed myself when I first became a shop owner was to let go and not mm -hmm. be so controlling. Because, mm -hmm. you know, this is my baby. I want the best for everybody here and, and, and for this place to survive. So 
you know, my instinct, I think, was to hold on too tight. And right away, I noticed, you know, so I was just like, I can't. Yeah. It's a bad management style. So mm -hmm. I chose to kind of let go and uh, let everybody dictate their hours, schedules, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Just so I can basically unboss myself. Mm -hmm. you know, but mm -hmm. it's worked to this point, so. Oh. Yeah. Um, when did uh, when did Che join? Oh, shortly after. He was at the first shop meeting, you know. Was he? Yeah, and then he was like, I'm giving my days to Guru. And yeah. I'll, I'll be over here, so he gave, you know, he was here pretty much since day one. Yeah. Yeah, I interviewed him just last week, actually. Oh, nice. Hey, man, Shauna. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I miss having him around, uh, for sure, yeah. both of them. Yeah, that you know, was... They're a great team. The dynamic duo right there. Have you seen their shop in Modesto? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's cute. It's dope, yeah. yeah. I like it a lot. It's perfect for them. Yeah. You know? It's like just what they both needed at exactly the right time. You know, it's really cool to see them prosper yeah. and do their thing. Yeah. So, proud of them. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you came in, you had like five or six artists, and now you have... How many you got now? You got one, two, three. There's nine of us four, to tattoo. There's nine. But it's like, but the only person, the only original people still here are you and Jason. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's and that's normal. That's to be expected, right? Like, um, I guess I got a few questions in regard to that. Like, what do you when you're when you're looking to let a tattoo artist join the shop? What kind of things do you take into consideration? Potential, you know, I think that's a big one, depending on what, what their experience level is, you know. We got a good mix of experience level here, so um, I think opportunity to learn is a big one. Giving somebody a chance is a big one, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but above all, it's the vibe and the, and the chemistry here. Everybody's got to kind of click. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's kind of the most important thing I feel like for me. Yeah. But um, you know, I have a, a a very particular view of tattooing. You know, I was rate you know kind of taught with the tattooing A to Z book as my Bible. Mm -hmm. So I've been able to refer to this book from my whole career as when I need to do if I'm doing something wrong, if I'm doing something mm -hmm. right, I can go back and reference mm -hmm. and. You know, read it again, reaffirm myself and stuff I've learned a lot long ago when I read it. So when I watch a lot of other tattooers, it doesn't match. I, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I can't argue with how they do it as if the end result is, is good, you know? But mm -hmm. um, it's definitely interesting the way everybody tattoos because everybody tattoos so different. Mm -hmm. But tattoos come out good, so. Yeah. Where'd you get that book? It's from Huck Spaulding. Yeah? Yeah, you can order it. Yeah. Tattooing A to Z. And when, when did you get that? When I moved to New Orleans. Yeah. Tiger Mike let me borrow it. He said you could borrow this for one week. Mm -hmm. And I read it, and then he's like, you got to give it back. Mm -hmm. And then when I gave it back, he just threw it in the bottom shelf of the, or the bottom drawer of the file cabinet. <laughs> He just wanted me to hurry up and read it, but yeah, I'm glad he did because it has <laughs> it has you know 
everything you need to know mm -hmm. if you have a question. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like my benchmark, you know. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people, if I know that they're on the learning curve and they, they might need a little bit of tattooing A to Z, I always refer to them, let them borrow mine for a week. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's, uh, for one, I got to be able to talk to them and then relate to what I'm, what I'm saying and what I know, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. if they can kind of be on the same, you know, read that book too, they might understand of where I'm coming from as mm -hmm. far as, you know, the book goes. Yeah. The copy that you have now, is it still that same copy from? No, I think I'm or? on copy number three because I've given it away a couple of times because yeah. people need it more at me at the moment. Yeah. So I'm just like, you need this. Right, right. Um, that's a great book. Have you ever taken an apprentice? You know, I feel like Casey's probably the closest thing. He's mm -hmm. a, more of a shop apprentice, but I've definitely, you know, he's definitely got the most guidance. I don't, I haven't I took anybody under my wing, but mm -hmm. there's definitely been a bunch of people here that have learned from me, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. You know, I think we're on, you know, the fourth shop apprentice or, you know, shop manager that's end up tattooing, you know? that's learning for everybody. Casey's the fourth? Yeah, so I think uh, Mikey mm -hmm. was the first, and then, and then Dre. Mm -hmm. Dre, who's now a black suit? No, Dre, she, uh, she tattoos, I think in Colorado now? Okay. Yeah, she moved out there, started tattooing, opened a shop, and tattoos out there now. But she started here. So maybe she's the third one. Yeah, maybe he's the third one. Yeah. Well, do you, um, have you ever been straight up asked, like, will you, can I apprentice under you? Or like, how do those conversations mm. usually go? You know, I've always kind of steered away from that because I've, I've never been apprenticed, you know? Yeah. I never, you mm -hmm. know, I got shown the ropes and, and got a couple crash courses from my friends mm -hmm. and then it was, you know, the learning curve is extremely long, but mm -hmm. um, I wish I had got an apprenticeship, but that's probably one of the reasons why I don't, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I didn't. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 But I'm not opposed to it. I could teach somebody. Yeah. But at this point in my career, they'd have to, you know, be worthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, you put on a ton of community events here mm -hmm. was that something that was that you like planned on doing when you opened up was it something oh, that was advice from Orly you know I go mm -hmm. I'd go to him for business advice since day one you know I think uh my time at HB he kind of gave me a lot of opportunities on how on how to run a shop you know mm -hmm. so he let me pay bills there he let me buy supplies there he let me you know what I'm saying half-assed manage you know there a little bit when he was gone so I feel like I gained a lot of shop experience there as far as managing and running a shop. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I opened here, you know, naturally I was, he was one of the first people I was like, all right, dude, now what do I do? I mm -hmm. got the keys, you know? Mm -hmm. He's like, you gotta find out ways to get people through the door. He's mm -hmm. like, art shows are the best way, you got the space. Mm -hmm. so, so that's just kind of been the, I just ran with that. Yeah. And tried to do three or four a year. By the time you opened here, Orly was already on the Alameda, yeah? Or no? No, he no. was, he had moved to, you know, 
They're above the motorcycle shop on San Carlos, uh -huh. and then they moved above Starbucks right next door. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I was there about a year, and then, and then that's when I went to DBD. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you do an art show here, when you're planning an art show, what, do you, what kind of things do you take into, like, consideration? Like, what, what kind of art slash artist are you looking to promote? Um, you know, I think it's give, just giving people an opportunity to display their art a lot of the time. If there's a want for it, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? then uh, why not? Yeah. You know, I'm not too particular on who and how they can hang things. I feel like each person, each artist has their own circle of, of admirers, you know? Mm -hmm. So when they come to the art shows, they bring those, those folks and we get to mingle and they might not be some people that would necessarily come to the tattoo shop. So for me, yeah. I feel like those kind of opportunities are good. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um. Oh shit, I had a question that just left me, but, um, cool. I mean, is there anything that you want to say that hasn't been said that, that you want to get out? Mm. No, no, that's pretty, you, you asked a lot of right questions. That's for sure. <laughs> what I, I do have a follow up question. What, what does it mean to you? to be um, tattooing in your hometown, to own a shop and like a, a fairly well-known shop in your hometown? Uh, it feels good, you know? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm definitely grateful. I can't fucking believe it. I uh, remember when I opened, I just, I was hoping for a couple years, two or, just give me two or three years of having a shop, I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. You know, and after that was give me five years, after mm -hmm. that was give me 10 years. And, mm -hmm. You know, now we're past that. So I feel like, I don't know, it's just a, it's definitely a humbling experience. It's definitely taken its toll, you know, me having to wear a different hat. You know, I don't get to tattoo as much. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I have to, uh, do other things at this point, but yeah, I think uh, I'm proud, you know? I feel like uh, I did it the right way, you know what I mean? Even though part of it was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what part was wrong? You know, I have regrets about the metamorphic thing, you know, that's kind of a, a shitty thing to do, but at mm -hmm. the same time, it kind of needed to be done. Mm -hmm. So yeah, kind of look back. I could have been a better person on that on that note, but we learn and we grow. You know, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why I have that mutiny sign in, in the, over there because I look at it all the time to remind myself that you know that's where this shop come, comes from. So mm -hmm. just to keep give myself a level head, you know. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, another question I was going to ask you is that, so you do a lot of Japanese art. You have a lot of, well, you have a few pieces of Horitomo over there in your station. Are you, are you in Tomo tight? I got my back tattooed by him. Yeah? 
Yeah, so I'm a big fan. What did, what did he tattoo on you? A uh, Hanya mask on my back. Hell yeah. How yeah. long ago? Um, man, it's got to be over five years since we finished now. You know, it took over five years to do. Yeah. You know, at first I was really motivated to get it done, and then <laughs> life happens, and my sessions ended up being months apart. And yeah. And tattooing sucks. Getting tattooed sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It was a great experience, you know. I got to I got to experience getting it done by hand, and so I, you know. Yeah. I feel like for me, gaining that experience is is uh, priceless. You know, just like when I got my knee tattoo tapped by Isaiah, is uh, that experience mm -hmm. is priceless. Just for just acknowledging, you know, the the ways and the hows of where our industry came from. Yeah. So. And it all definitely helps me. Getting tattooed definitely helps me understand what I'm doing to other people. So, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of his for sure. Yeah. He agreed to do an interview on the podcast if I uh, got an interpreter. So Tight. Yeah. I think his English is great, but he's obviously kind of self-conscious about it. But <laughs> Yeah. He, uh, that's, um, you know. Getting my bag done from him helped me realize how how uh, particular Japanese tattooing is. Yeah, yeah. Just as far as body placement and mm -hmm. whys and hows, you know. I I had one in my ribs done by him too, and he he told me no because my water's already too high, you know. And that's not something you know high up on my back, and that's not something I would have ever thought a reason why I shouldn't get something else, you know, because I guess the the Kieran's in the sky, you know, it's supposed uh -huh. to be up. Uh -huh. There's not enough room to put him where, where he belongs. Mm. So that's why I couldn't get that tattoo. And then, to me, that's the best reason. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I'm a firm believer that tattoos aren't for you. They're for everybody else. So, you know, that's why I feel like tribal and Japanese are probably the most potent tattoo subject matter and that's probably why I do more of that stuff mm -hmm. or like it more what do you mean by tattoos are for everyone else well they're not for you you know like a a zebra stripes isn't for him it's for it's the lions you know they have to they get the message right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, you know you don't get to explain your tattoo to everybody mm -hmm. you know people have to be able to take it at face value they're going to interpret what they see mm -hmm. Regardless of you, whatever you say, because, mm -hmm. I mean, it's only, you know, out of how many people see your tattoos, how many people do you get to explain it to? Right. So the, the connotation has to, you know, has to be there for the other person to be able to see it and understand why and how. Yeah. That reflects you and what it means and, you know, so... Polynesian, you don't really get to pick your tattoo because it's already your story. You're getting tattooed on you. Mm -hmm. It's not really a, a choice. It's already your story. It's your life you're living, so you wear it on your skin. Mm -hmm. And Japanese is kind of the same way, you know? It's very particular to send a very particular message so that its meaning isn't misconstrued, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. By, oh, it just looks cool. You yeah. Because I mean? anybody can do that. Slap it on your arm and it looks cool, but to right. have that, you know, somebody be able to read into something with no explanation or no mm -hmm. 
you know, and be able to get it. I feel yeah. like that's the power. That's the, that's where tattoos are at. I don't know. It's kind of a, my 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 dogma, kind of the that I kind of hold myself true to is that when I'm doing a tattoo to make sure that there's some sort of quantitative value in it, mm-hmm. even if it's a little, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Try not to uh, just make it look cool. Um, you know, you sacrifice the tattoo, f- or you sacrifice the drawing for the tattoo, not the tattoo for the drawing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. those kind of little things. Mm. And try not to pat yourself on the back too much because it looks nice. Make sure it ages well. Right. You know? Yeah, but that's kind of, you know, I wish more tattooers would look at it that way and more people would look at it that way. I feel like, you know, we'd probably get a lot more readable, um, more presentable tattoos, you mm-hmm. know. But hey, we are where we are. And yeah. It's awesome, so can't complain too much. Yeah. Um, how often do you get clients coming to you just saying, like, giving you full reign on what you want to do? Every now and then still, yeah. That's always fun, every now and then. And every what, now and then. What kind of stuff do you do in those situations? Um, yeah, that's always a tough, a tough one because you need a little spark. You need a little arrow to point you somewhere, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you can start walking. But, you know, typically I'll let the whatever's around it decide mm. so that it'll match. Yeah. You know? I think a, a tattoo looking like an afterthought is kind of, kind of sticks out to me, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to find ways to incorporate new stuff with old stuff without it looking like it was that way. Yeah. But um, typically I'm going to tell somebody a lotus flower. I don't know why. I like doing lotuses in water now. Yeah. Yeah. But that one is pretty hard because... You need a direction or something, a spark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I might do that to you. I definitely want to get tattooed by you. Cool. Um, we'll figure it. We'll figure out when. But, but uh, yeah, thanks so much for your time. This was this was really cool. This was really special. Yeah, it was nice to say some things out loud that's been going through my head for a while. I mean, you know, I've been tattooing 20 years now, and I, it was nice to uh, go back down the timeline. I don't think I do that for myself much, so thank you. Yeah, that's why I love these conversations, like get you talking about stuff that you haven't really thought about in a while and, yeah, and well, document you, it. Totally, yeah, that's good. I can't wait to listen to some some of them. I haven't listened to any yet just because I didn't want to get, you know, too influenced by what other people had yeah. to say. Oh, that, oh, I appreciate that, that's yeah. interesting, yeah. Cool, man, thanks so much. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much again to Corey for taking the time to talk to me. The next episode I'm hoping is going to be out Wednesday, December 27th. If not, there will definitely be another episode January 3rd. Everybody have a happy holiday. Thank you so much to Tessia and Mint for our logo and music. Tattoo 408 is produced by me, Ethan Gregory Dodge and is copyrighted under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Later. Later.